With us today is Zach Williams, uh, editor of the New York Post, uh, Albany. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, Zach, what the heck is going on in Albany? So it's a kind of below season here in Albany, but things are going to get busy super fast after the holidays because the governor will unveil a new state budget in January. And now is the time when people are really trying to read the political tea leaves to kind of see what direction she might go after this really big election win that she had just a couple weeks ago over Republican Lee Zeldin, who certainly gave her a run for her money um, by coming within six points of beating her. Don't forget, the real estate industry is uh, not very healthy right now because 421A, which is the incentives for uh, real estate people to spend money in New York City, uh, is not on uh, uh, the uh, current budget. And uh, the fact is, interest rates, uh, construction loans are seven, eight, nine percent. So nobody's rushing to build anything new. Uh, What? What? Any feelings on that end of the business? 421A is one of the big um, unresolved issues from the past legislative session when the governor proposed a new housing subsidy program to replace it. 485, I believe it was called. And basically, long story short, the progressive lawmakers in Albany did not like it. They kept it from passing. And now the governor's hinting that she's going to make a fresh push on affordable housing, presumably with a new proposed housing subsidy being at the center of it. She hasn't given exact details, but we can only assume that it's going to be kind of similar to what she proposed before. The big question, though, is do... Albany lawmakers have any more appetite to indulge her on this issue than they did last time. And I'm not really convinced that much has changed, especially given the, the election results at the, in the state legislature, where Democrats held on to their supermajorities in the state Senate and Assembly, even though that this uh, issue didn't get resolved last year. So that's a, big, that's a big question. Another big question is what the governor might do on bail reform. Certainly, Zeldin campaigned really hard during the campaign on the issue, you know, highlighting all these, um, you know, crimes that purportedly, you know, showed certain loopholes in the current laws approved by Albany Democrats in recent years. And then thirdly, you know, another issue that always (laughs) comes up in budget season is simply taxes. You know, the the a recession seems likely. It depends on how you define it. But. Certainly, the state will not be as flush in the upcoming year as it was last year when there was billions of dollars in federal stimulus funding that really kind of greased the wheels of the state budget process in a way that really prevented any sort of like showdown over taxes from happening between the governor and state lawmakers in an election year. That could change this upcoming year, but we really got to see. For now, Hochul has laid pretty low after the election, um, certainly signing bills that have, that has to be done by the end of the year, um, while also in recent days um, highlighting some, uh, some efforts uh, against anti-Semitism. So uh, that's kind of where things stand right now, but we'll just have to see what happens in the coming weeks that might hint which way the governor might uh, move on some of these issues. The, the items that are... are, are uh... Holding up real estate people from investing further is the uh, tax incentives to uh, to spend a hundred million, a billion dollars to to build. Uh, in addition, uh, crime, like we said, crime is a big item. Uh, like I, I've talked to a lot of other uh, uh, people, 
and uh, nobody cares about putting anybody in jail uh, for stealing a loaf of bread. But, but repeat violent criminals, like I, I'll repeat again, repeat violent criminals, they have no place in the civilized world. What say you? <laughs> well, the governor has really been trying to thread a couple needles um, on the issue of crime. You know, on the one hand, um, it seems that she's pretty willing to revisit some of the reforms, but certainly not uh, in a wholehearted way as Republicans and moderate Democrats are pushing for. And then on the other hand, she's also indulged progressives in the legislature on a number of reforms. Um, less is more, which had to do uh, is one law that she she signed which basically eliminates a lot of the technical violations that could send parolees back into jail or, or prison. So, you know, the governor has said for months during the campaign, every single time Zeldin would attack her, she would go back to saying the current bail laws were last amended in, uh, in the state budget. Those, effect, those changes took effect in May. Let's give them some time. Well, by early next year, it's going to be six months. She has said that that would be enough time to really evaluate it one way or another, um, you know, whether these changes were effective. And we're just going to have to see how serious she really is once the time comes next year. For now, though. And, and, and New York State is the only place where they took all the power away from judges. And the judge, out of 50 states, 49, the judges have power. In, in, in New York State, the judges have very little power in crime. Well, that is priority number one for the anti-bail reform folks. You know, Republicans and some moderate Democrats are really pushing for the so-called dangerousness standard to be allowed under New York state law. That would basically give judges a lot of leeway to jail people pretrial if they believe they present some level of threat to public safety. Right now, the the current law mandates that they really just consider the likelihood that someone will return to court. Now, that has sometimes led to situations where, where, where uh, judges said that they were, you know, um, metaphorically at least, handcuffed from keeping people behind bars despite, um, you know, the likely danger that they might hurt someone once they're released. Now, the governor at times has pointed to some cases where the judges – had discretion or a district attorney undercharged people and people were not jailed. You know, a lot of this comes down to the specifics of the cases, but the bottom line is that people that want to change are really focusing on judicial discretion um, as the way to improve things moving forward. I mean, people are moving to Florida like no tomorrow. And I hate for the people in New York City to be, you know, the, the population might not go down, but we might be replacing people that are paying a lot of taxes with people that we're, we're, we're supporting them, like the, some of the immigrants. What happens in New York City? Eventually, eventually you run out of other people's money. <laughs> well, that, you bring up a really interesting um, question that comes out of the election, which is, you know, you might have heard people taking an eye at DeSantis' big win in Florida and comparing it to Zeldin's, you know, close but not good enough campaign against Hochul. And have, you know, people have just asked, you know, how many of the voters that that would have voted for Lee Zeldin ended up as Florida voters voting for DeSantis? You know, we do know 
that quite a few people have moved from New York to Florida in recent years, whether it's because they're getting older and they just want some sunshine or they don't like democratic policies in New York, whatever the reason, we know that there has been that migration. And and you just got to ask, you know, what happens when nothing uh, changes and a lot of people might move to Florida? Well, you get kind of this feedback loop where uh, there's more Republican voters uh, maybe in Florida and fewer of them in New York. And that only you know, means that the Democrats continue winning elections. So, you know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. It is an interesting phenomenon. And I think as, you know, the grand scale, there is a lot of truth to that as um, what's actually happening here. Uh, we got a minute left. Anything else you want to tell New Yorkers? I mean, I'll give you an ex- another example of a tax law. You know, I'm getting old. At the age of 75, uh, inheritance taxes, you pay full boat. In New York State, and in New and in Florida, you pay zero on on state inheritance taxes. There's a big choice that Hochul has to make in December, and that is chief judge of the state's highest court, the Court of Appeals. Now, a lot of these these issues we're talking about, whether it's taxes, criminal justice reform, and anything in between redistricting, as we saw in this past year, it ultimately comes down once people start fighting about it, to how the Court of Appeals might rule on one matter or another. And right now, there's what has been described as a conservative majority, even here in New York State, a conservative majority on that court. But now now that um, a new chief judge might be coming in, Hochul has a chance to either empower that, uh, you know, the relative conservatives or appoint someone who really might uh, make a progressive stamp on it. It all depends on who she might pick among the seven candidates uh, named by a, a state commission. So I think your uh, listeners might want to pay attention to that as well, as well as all these other uh, important issues we talked about. Well, Zach Williams, thank you for bringing all New Yorkers up to date, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good one.